You're listening to Podcateers. Welcome to episode 261 of Podcateers. This week we talk about a surprise trip I had on Father's Day. We talk about the changes to the Main Street Cinema on Main Street. Plus, it's armchair imagineering time as we attempt to come up with new parade concepts. If you'd like to join the conversation, you can always do so by connecting with us on any of our social networks. Just search for Podcateers on Instagram, Facebook, or on Twitter. You can also leave a comment on the blog post for this episode at podcateers.com slash 261. A huge thanks, as always, goes out to the FGP squad for helping make these episodes of Podcateers possible through their support via Patreon. Make sure to check out the latest post on the Patreon page because I posted something special just for you. We'll be posting the time and date for our test live stream there as well, so keep an eye out for that. I'm so excited about this. Uh, it's been something that we've been working on for quite some time now, and we are just ready to, to go with this and test it out. So uh, make sure you check it out. The time and date will be posted soon. Anyhow, if you would like more information on how you can become part of the FGP squad, head over to podcateers.com FGP. If you'd like to help out the podcast, but you can't join the FGP squad, a great way to help is by using our special link the next time you need to buy something from Amazon. Head over to podcateers.com Amazon, and on that page, you'll find a huge Amazon button that when you click it, will take you to their page using our special link, and anything that you buy will earn us a small commission as a thank you from Amazon because you just went through the process of starting on our page if you're already doing that before each of your purchases we'd like to take this opportunity to thank you as well so that's it really short intro because we got a little carried away with the parade talk this time around so here we go this is episode 261 of podcateers Wait, are you still pumped about Galaxy's Edge, dude? Uh, I'm so <laughs> pumped about Galaxy's Edge. Okay, good. Me too. <laughs> and part of the reason was because uh, this last weekend, you know, we had another reservation to go on Saturday. And it was great because we had a chance to go during the day, which is something that we didn't get a chance to do when we had our reservation. You know, it was from 8 to midnight. It was great seeing it during the day because I got a chance to vlog. We got a chance to try some of the foods. Um, And then uh, for Father's Day, Lynette and Melissa and our friend Jill worked some Dr. Facilier voodoo magic and got me another reservation for Father's Day night. What? Yeah, so I was back at Galaxy's Edge from 8 to midnight on Father's Day. (laughs) Made some magic. It was I sound awesome. like this because I am exhausted. <laughs> you guys must have learned a thing or two from some smugglers or some nefarious folks in Batu. Are you talking about Hondo? Because that's a legitimate business. Mm-hmm. That's a legitimate business. Yeah. Oh, I know. I've been a part of it. <laughs> Super legitimate. <laughs> you know what the biggest difference was that. Uh, the the last couple of times that we've gone, I've had just my cameras and I've had my phone to vlog with. This time I went in with a tripod. 
and it made a huge difference in some of the photos that I shot because most of the time I don't carry a tripod. The last time uh, I was looking back at some of my photos and the last time that I went in with a tripod and essentially tried to close out the park was in late 2014, possibly early 2015. So it has been a long time since I have gone to the parks with a tripod. And I mean, I, I think I do fairly well for handheld, but I was, I was going through some photos of the Falcon and I saw the one I posted on Instagram and I thought, you, and then I saw the (laughs) new photo that I edited and I was like, It looks great. I I mean, but I'm biased because I shot it, right? And uh, on the Facebook group, we got a message from FGP Albert, who likes the photo and said, hey, you know, would you mind posting a higher res version of this on the website so that we can make it our Windows background? And I just put the little thinky face emoji like, hmm, that sounds like a good idea. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to finish editing this brand new one that I'm working on. And I'm going to put that up on Patreon and make it exclusive for the FGP squad to download. Again, I like the one that I posted on Instagram, but this one is next level, son. It is. It's pretty (laughs) epic. I've heard that's how you're supposed to say it. So. I think that was the proper contemporary tooting of one's own horn. Yes, yes. Hashtag <laughs> humble brag. <laughs> but yeah, super cool. Uh, had a lot of uh, great moments and a lot of great photo opportunities, even though some of them did require, obviously, that I wait half an hour for people to move out of the way. Uh, overall, I'm pretty happy with everything that I got. Towards the end, it got pretty frantic because they were trying to push us out of the park. We had a chance to see fireworks from Batu, which we did not get a chance to see last time because we were on Smuggler's Run. And we did not see them from the Falcon, which tends to be the most common place for people to watch it while they're on that planet. Uh, We actually saw it by the A-Wing that's right in front of Rise of the Resistance. And it was still a pretty super cool show from there. And we may even have seen a flying pirate ship. I don't know. (laughs) There's a possibility that while standing there, we may have seen a flying pirate ship. At least we We hope it was flying since we're on another planet. Yeah. We may have footage of it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You you, You may even say that it was a little phantasmic. Mm. (laughs) I see. There was one thing, though, that I think bothered us while we were there. And Mel posted this on her Instagram account. Uh, Mel, tell everybody what you heard. Because I heard it, too. I was shooting. But uh, what was it? We heard the end spiel that tells us when the hour of operations is finished. But for us to hear the words Main Street in Batu really threw us off. Because hmm. they let us know that we could still shop for an extra hour. Mm-hmm. And it's like, whoa, this isn't Disneyland. And I understand that, yes, it is technically Disneyland. But I didn't expect that spiel in English and in Spanish. And I was only able to capture the one in Spanish. I think I was so much in shock with the English one. I'm like, let me get this on footage. Let me just get something 
from what I understand, it didn't happen last time. So I don't know what happened. I don't know why they started, I guess, this weekend. It's just, it, it really threw us off big time. I wonder if they were testing it to see if pe how people would react upon hearing it. Because, I mean, I, I feel <laughs> like if they disguised it a little bit better and they said yeah. something like, you know, once you make it back on your planet, the shops on what they call Main Street will remain open for your shopping, whatever, right? But yeah. it was so blatant. It's like, to all the citizens of Batu, trading for the evening has ceased operations. The shops on Main Street will remain open until 2 a.m. I was like, what? <laughs> what? What is this Main Street? I'm on another planet. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. What threw me off is because... Every single time I've been at Galaxy's Edge, you don't feel like you're a Disneyland. To get, and to get that element, it's like, whoa, again, the trains are trying to merge and they're, they can't and they're crashing. It's like, what is going on? Oh, yeah, so, hardcore. <laughs> yeah. But it was a great one. <laughs> and uh, we got a chance to sample some food. I got a lot of guff from Jill when we went to go taste the Ronto wrap. Because I called the pita bread that it's wrapped in a tortilla, and I know it's a, <laughs> I know it's a pita, but you know I'm used to eating tacos, so it's a big tortilla for me. <laughs> uh, I won't tell you how I felt about it. I'll wait for the vlog to come out on that one. But yeah, we got a chance to try that. Some of the drinks. Uh, it was it was a good afternoon. It was a really good afternoon, and yeah. I enjoyed myself a lot. So thank you to everyone that helped make that happen. Thank you to my wife who worked with uh, Mel and Jill to surprise me with that and make that happen as well and staying behind with the kids while I went in and just had uh, an evening of photographing, which I haven't had a chance to do in a really long time. And it, it kind of made my evening. So it was pretty, pretty awesome. I almost swore. So <laughs> I'm glad I caught myself. <laughs> Okay, so a, a couple of other things that happened in the park this week that I wanted to ask you guys about. Apparently, there's a tiny little theater on Main Street. I believe it's a, a, a tiny little cinema. We'll, we'll call it um, the Main Street Cinema. Let's call it that. <laughs> and this week, sure. <laughs> this week, uh, it was revealed that uh, the curtains have been removed Obviously, the turnstiles were removed uh, some time ago, but the cinema was converted in a, into a tiny little shop. It's got a cash register in there, and it has some some racks with some clothes and some other things that you can purchase. Uh, initial thoughts when you saw this? Heartbreaking. Yeah, this one is disappointing, to say the least. You know, I, I've never been one of those... Disney fans who feels like everything is untouchable, don't change my Disneyland, blah, blah, blah. I'm, I'm all for imagineering and plussing and moving forward. But making turning something into a store where you're selling nothing new is not moving forward. This is, to me, moving backward. And it's also helping to, you know, diminish the memory of original Disneyland. 
in a not very positive way, I don't think, you know. Uh, we've talked about the Main Street Cinema a lot on this show, especially recently when we did our Main Street series. Uh, one of my ideas for plussing on Main Street had to do with the cinema. My idea simply started with they just needed to give it some more draw some more attention to it to get more people to experience it you know they needed to have a live person in that ticket booth or out front saying hey come check out the movie show blah 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 you know whatever whatever kind of pitch they want to do and whatever style that fits 1900 small town america uh because what is in there is foundational to the disney company and Disneyland and it's those six Mickey Mouse shorts that they show in there and ah, it it does hurt a little that they're kind of glossing over it now and I don't know I haven't been since they've changed it but it doesn't look like those cartoons are running in a constant way like they used to it seems like Maybe they pause on title screens for a while and like one plays at a time or something. I, I can't tell yet, so I don't know. Um, I don't know if somebody would feel comfortable going in there and just watching those films anymore. I, You know, it's kind of weird. Now you're kind of staring at a cashier while they stare at you not buying anything. You know, like I never wanted to feel yeah. a pressure to buy something when I was in there. And now I will. You know, so yeah, that's my two cents. It kind of reminded me of when they turned the magic shop into a merchandise shop mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they just took up that space and it was just generic items. Um, yeah. When we did do the, you know, the Imagineering talk, at least we turned into something like you said, functional. Yeah. And as the cinema, you know, it was functional. People would go in and watch the cartoons, enjoy themselves, go inside, cool off. Um, Yeah, it was empty from time to time. But personally speaking, it was kind of like a safe space for me. Mm -hmm. Like if I needed to like get away from the crowds or whatnot. Um, Honestly, it's like we have one, two, three, possibly four different locations that may sell the same thing. That's kind of my bother. Um, If it was something that had to do with any of the cartoons, you know, that I could see is like, okay, they are enhancing that experience because it's relatable. If they had like anything, Steamboat Willie, Mickey, Minnie, anything within that era, I probably wouldn't be so bummed out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But from what I see and what they've done, like they opened the curtains and they've exposed it. It kind of takes away the charm of it all. Yeah. Because that's kind of like the experience of walking in. So maybe I'm thinking they removed them. So it'll open up and that it doesn't confuse people or maybe it'll like invite them a little bit more. I don't know, but it just feels really weird. And, um, the first pictures that we had seen, they didn't have merchandise outside. So they did have that um, when, I want to say Saturday? No, Sunday. Sometime in the weekend. I don't remember. But that was kind of weird 
to have that in front of like the column that showcases Mickey. Oh, they had it's merchandise like, outside on the exterior? Right on the side, yeah. yeah. Ugh. They had a pair outside. I'm so not a fan of this. Like uh, like you mentioned, the, basically Main Street is a whole land of stores. Yeah. Why yeah. do we need more merchandise space for one? I, I think the only thing they could have done that would have been worse is turn it into another Starbucks. Like, th- what do we... We don't need this. I, yeah. Yeah. I'm so disappointed. I feel you. <laughs> After so many quality decisions that Project Stardust brought us, you know, culminating in that exquisite Sleeping Beauty castle, which I'm still madly in love with, mm-hmm. to then do this just seems like a big misstep. Yeah. I don't understand. <clears throat> yeah, it's a really interesting approach that they took with this because. You know, when you go through Twitter or any type of social media and you see one of the things that people complain about the most is obviously that they feel that these large corporations are going for cash grabs, you know, anything that'll make them a quick buck. But the Main Street Cinema, for many people, it was considered, you know, sacred ground, right? Because opening attraction... it was one of those secret places that people kind of knew about where you could go in and rest and, you know, calm your kids down if they're just having a crazy day and enjoy the AC in the middle of summer. And I felt, you know, if they were going to add any type of merchandise to this, it would have been nice to add like sodas or water because that's where people go and cool off. So you can sit down, watch the films, cool off and then go off on your merry way. But the way that they did it with these pieces of merchandise, like you said, that are available in any of the stores across the street at Emporium, right next door at everything that's there, uh, it does feel like that blatant cash grab that Mm -hmm. you – that we don't tend to see when it comes to these types of attractions, right? Normally, they'll do it in the stores, not in the actual attraction, which, you know, it made me start to wonder – we always thought that there was going to be certain attractions that were untouchable, you know, and I know we've mentioned that before, like what's untouchable and what isn't, what is to the point where it would get scrapped and what's to the point where maybe it'll just be plussed in the future. At this point in time, I honestly feel that the only thing that is now untouchable and I may be completely wrong now is Walt's apartment. You're talking just on Main Street? Kind of talking anywhere. Really? Like, considering that they made such a huge change to the Main Street Cinema that's been a staple in the park since opening mm-hmm. day, I feel that the only thing that is now sacred in the park is Walt's apartment. That mm. at any point, anything can change, and it will. Yeah. And that's yeah, that's, that's a really pretty, frightening thing to fair. think about. Yeah, I mean, it is, but it isn't. I mean, I don't mind, uh, like I said before, like, plussing and moving things forward. But, yeah, just kind of basically scrapping an idea and then covering it up with the idea of a store and not really actually changing it into a store. Like, I don't know. That seems like uh, there's no concept there. You know, you mentioned drinks. Like, at least if they did snacks and drinks in there, like popcorn and snacks and drinks, then you kind of maintain the movie theater theme, right? Yeah. But, like, like, uh, what was it? Like, 4th of July t-shirts and stuff they have in there right now? Yeah. Like, 
What? I don't I don't get it. So I, I think part of why people were up in arms about it is one, because they made a change to something that's very near and dear to them, right? I think we right. all felt it and it was just an odd change. But from the business standpoint and from the marketing standpoint, I think that if they had presented it as a limited time thing and they had put something in there that was exclusive to annual pass holders or something that was special, you know, that wasn't just general merchandise and they framed it in such a way where it, and look, let's face it. There's a lot of things at Disneyland that are limited time and last five or six years. Okay. If they had framed it in such a way where people saw that, okay, this is probably going to go away at some point, then I think people wouldn't have been so upset about it. And if yeah. after five or six years it just happened to be there, then people would have just adjusted to it and thought, oh, yeah, the Main Street Cinema, now it's a shop. You know? Yeah. And I, I don't, I'm not saying that because I'm saying that that's how they should approach these things. But I mean, they, they ripped the band aid off hard. You know, and, oh, yeah. and th I think that's why people got so hurt about it and that why they were so upset to begin with. So, yeah, I, I don't I don't like the change. I think if they made it something special, like I said, it would mean a lot more than just um, I think it was Fourth of July. Like you said, I don't remember exactly yeah. what it was. I just remember a couple of cash registers, the lights being much brighter than they used to be and the curtains being open. And then I just kept thinking, well, Tilly's days are numbered, yep. you know, and, and that's a that's part of the charm of the Main Street Cinema, seeing that ticket booth up front. And, yeah. you know, if that goes away, like I said, it, it, it's it's really upsetting because I, I do feel and, and I hope I'm not wrong when I say this, that it Walt's apartment now feels like it's the only thing that's considered sacred ground in the park. Mm hmm. All right. Well, if you guys have any comments uh, or thoughts on Main Street or the Main Street Cinema being updated, you know, join the conversation. Leave us a comment in the blog post for the episode over at podcasters.com slash 261. You can also leave us a comment on any of our social networks. Just so search for Podcasters. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter. And as always, you know, we, we want to be respectful. So, you know, let's not talk trash to each other or anything like let's just have a civil conversation want to hear each other's thoughts and look there might be some people that absolutely agree with this change and if there's anybody that absolutely agrees with it i would love to hear that side of it and why you think you know it's a good idea and how it could benefit the park going forward outside of just the money that disneyland is making because they they do make a lot of money off of merchandise and you know to have two or three other products that are replicated from other shops you know, if that's where you stand, we'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Uh, on the plus side, we got some uh, 60th anniversary goodness for a couple of attractions this last week, too. We, yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah, Matterhorn oh. celebrated uh, its 60th anniversary. Oh, yeah. All of the, the three big Tomorrowland expansion. The submarines. Submarines and, and the monorail. monorail. And the monorail, right? yeah. yeah. Submarines and the monorail. It was nice yeah. because they had those giant e-tickets that you could take a picture with oh, right behind really? the Matterhorn. And then they had yeah, the posters cute. of each attraction that you could take uh, a photo with as well. And it looked like they had bows on them. I don't oh, know if it so was cool. part of the actual artwork or if it was a physical bow. But I just thought it was really nice to have that. So yeah, happy birthday. Cool. 
Matterhorn, Submarine, Voyage, and Monorail. Okay. Well, before we continue, uh, I do want to remind you that this episode of Podcasters is brought to you by a fantastic group of people known as the FGP Squad. Who is the FGP Squad? Well, they are our podcast fairy godparents. And they help produce these episodes of the podcast via their contributions monthly on Patreon. If you would like a little more information on how you can become part of the FGP squad, you can head over to podcasters.com slash FGP. You'll find information, some of the FGP squad, and a link to sign up. Plus, uh, if you sign up for a contribution of at least $5 monthly, you also get the exclusive Fairy Godparent button. You're entered into some of the giveaways that we're going to start doing for the FGP squad, which, by the way, that's coming. I think the live stream is going to be coming soon, so keep an eye out for that. We're going to post on Patreon when that live stream is coming. It's going to be our first. It's going to be a test. We're hoping everything works out. And, yeah, I'm so excited. I'm like, I, I can't even tell you how excited <laughs> I am about this. Plus, times ahead. <laughs> plus uh, again, like I mentioned earlier, once I'm done with the Millennium Falcon image, I'm also going to post it on Patreon so people can download it and use it as uh, their Windows background or computer background, I should say, because some people might have a Mac. I don't know. Not everybody uses Windows. Cool. Cool. Or people. Linux. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> what you use. But anyhow, that's going to be available again. Podcasters.com slash FGP for more information. And to all of the members of the FGP squad, we just want to say we heart you. Thank you yeah. for your continued support. So let's get into our main topic, shall we? Sure. So if you're new to the podcast, every month we discuss a new land, some attractions, and at the end of the month, we do an armchair imagineering episode where we try to plus up the land or attraction that we've been talking about that month. And this time around, we decided to take a stab at making a parade. And I think we all quickly realized that putting that together a parade is no easy task. First of all, I would like to start by saying that whoever is a parade designer, float designer, choreographer for these parades, oh, you guys are awesome. You are amazing because this is one of the most challenging exercises that we've had, especially for armchair imagineering. But it was super fun because I felt that it really challenged me to think of things in a different way. And I'll tell you why in a moment. Um, But... I I don't know about you, but I personally could not come up with an entire parade from start to finish. And I feel like I kind of failed this time because uh, normally I can come up with an entire concept, think of what things are going to be like. And I feel like I did that for four different parades that I started to concept out. But there was always something that just fizzled out and just didn't work out for me. And I just kept thinking, this is never going to work because... And, you know, we can talk about some of those pitfalls later on. And so one of the biggest things that I felt was a challenge was, let me ask you both this quick question. When you think of parades, what is the number one thing that you feel a parade evokes in a person? Emotions. Emotions, right? Maybe some happiness, some excitement, maybe. And I think that's one of the most challenging things when it comes to creating a parade, that you want to keep it upbeat, you want to keep it snappy, and you want to keep it short. 
you know, last episode when we were talking about parades in the park, we talked a little bit about light magic and why light magic failed, you know, because it was more of a stage show. The floats would come by, it would stop for 20 minutes, and then people did their thing or the characters did their thing. And people were just confused because they, especially at Disneyland, people like the fact that these parades are moving and there's constant movement and dancing and everything going on. So Light Magic obviously was a a departure from everything people knew what a parade was. Believe it or not, one of my ideas actually builds on what Light Magic was and failed at. And I still kind of think it'll work. Uh, And I'll tell you what that is uh, in a moment as well. But how do you guys feel about this exercise? Because, again, I I don't think I came up with a full concept. I think I have one that maybe is flushed out more than others. But I don't think I really came up with anything from, like, A to Z on this one. This was difficult. No joke. I think this is the one where I'm like, I'm really out of my league. (laughs) And one of the ideas, I don't have a full, I have ideas, but if I sewed it together, I would not get a skirt. I would get like a pillow because it's, (laughs) that's the best way to describe it. Like I have the ideas, but yeah. And on, okay. So what you're talking about is my other idea. I Okay, so I mentioned that I may have cheated on one of them, mm-hmm. but let's just say it's inspired and I try to tweak something up that doesn't exist technically. Yeah, but Melissa, what you call cheating is what Hazen regularly calls imagineering. So Word. it's all good. I, I didn't it's demolish anything. <laughs> you demolished the whole thing and start from scratch. <laughs> no. See, I... I th- I thought this the difficulty for me was because I'm not a parade guy. You know, I'm not the one here who watches all the parades and delights in them. So I'm kind of uh, glad to hear that this was not just difficult for me <laughs> because I, too, struggled to come up with fully fleshed out ideas. You know, I, I have six general, and I stress the word general, concepts i do too yeah i do too so maybe we just do like a big old throw ideas in the pile and see what sticks kind of a session yeah we could throw out each idea and then maybe we can all help build that single idea and then we'll kind of go round table that way is that what you meant did i did i understand it properly i mean yeah that works for me okay cool who wants to go first then i don't have a problem i only have two ideas that's it i don't have six okay well (laughs) You want me to start, Gav? Because I'll start. I'm fine with it. Yeah, you go. Okay. Um, okay, so this is probably the worst one of all of them. <laughs> because as I started thinking about what's there and what isn't anymore, the first idea that I had was, what if we had a parade that was a tribute to old attractions? And the idea behind it was that prior to the parade, guests in the park could line up to be in the parade. So you would go to a queue, you would get a seat on the float, and then you would just get to wave to all the people that were there. And so you would have floats that will that were based on the people mover, 
the flying saucers or Luigi's flying tires, whichever you prefer, because, I mean, they were both the same thing. Yeah, I say, because your parade is in Disneyland, right? Yes. I would um, say flying saucers then. Okay, so flying saucers, uh, the rocket rods, and Autopia. And I know what you guys are thinking, but Autopia's still there. <laughs> Give it time. It won't be. <laughs> um, so I figure we would do like a little parade to these old attractions. And really, the appeal wouldn't necessarily be the the floats or the attractions themselves. It's the appeal of the guests having an opportunity to mm-hmm. finally actually be a part of the parade. I'm surprised you left out your beloved mind train through nature's wonderland oh man i completely oh, forgot point. about that wow. that could be a cool float for that yeah oh yeah man. good call dude good call <laughs> yeah man I'm, okay i got you i got well, you well that that's officially and, going to and, uh, end mike the parade fink keel boat nah, i was okay i thought about the the keel boats and i like those okay i miss having... those a lot they gave yeah. the river a dynamic that it's sorely missing right now because the canoes just rarely go by and I just felt like it was a bustling river when the keelboats were going, you know? Is the broken down one still in the back now? After the refurb of the rivers? Uh, yes, I believe it's still back there. Okay, I, I haven't seen it. And I know you used to be able to see it from the train. And every yeah. time that I've passed by the Indian Chief, I haven't looked down to see if it's still there. Plus, yeah, I've only ridden the train there. at night, so okay. Hmm. Okay, yeah. I cannot believe I forgot Nature's Wonderland. Good call, dude. <laughs> that would be like the the main attraction of that parade. <laughs> right? So anyhow, that was my first concept. Okay, okay. All I, right. I like I like the ideas there and I have some similar ideas as far as um crowd participation. So I, I like that because I think that would interest me. If I could be in the parade, <laughs> I think that would be really cool. <laughs> cool all right i i love it i love it because it's a touch to remember dreams come true and when you watched it you thought about you know the Mm e-tickets and nothing makes me happier than to be like gosh i remember those Mm -hmm. and i don't know if i missed this part i might have zoned out but are the guests riding in yes the vehicles yes oh then i want to ride in that people mover one yeah (laughs) And I think that was the <laughs> one where I, I felt people would really connect with it. That if oh, you yeah. had a chance to be in the people mover float, that people would just, like, they would <gasps> lose it. I know I Can... would. <laughs> okay. I have a crazy idea to add, on, to add on. What if the performers were to wear the costumes that they wore back then? Yes. Yes. You could have yeah, dancers like in between each one. You can have push the, tr- the talking trash can going around <gasps> talking oh. to people. You could do People Mover and then the Rocket Rods at the appropriate speed going down Main Street at two miles an hour. And then they break every so often. And then it breaks every, like, 200 meters. Yep. Wow. That would be so cool. So there it is. Tribute to old attractions. I like it. I like it. That's a good one. All right. All right, Gavin, what do you got? Okay, so... um, I'll start with this one because it's it, it's got some similar elements. So I I feel like 
in this day of interactivity, there needs to be a, a more interactive parade than we've seen up to this point. I remember I that when I believe Paint the Night was oh, I'm glad first you're coming that out, and they had those like wands that uh-huh. were supposed to like interact yes. with the colors and stuff, but that never really turned into a thing. You know, like you never saw like tons of people like controlling the parade and like changing its colors. Or like, I, I wish we could find a way to interact with the parade. And maybe not change it, but maybe have an added experience. So, you know, maybe if you have the Disneyland Play app up when the parade is coming by, you can hold your phone up and you can see the parade through your phone's camera, but then animated magic is also happening. And you can capture that as it goes by, like as a video, you know? So, like, you're seeing... You know, Peter Pan, um, you know, go by on a skull rock float, let's just say, and an animated Tinkerbell is whirring around it. And then she flies right up to your phone and does a little tap of her wand on your phone and pixie dust sprinkles all over you. And then she flies back, you know, and like you get all these animated gifts along with live footage of the parade. And I thought that would be a cool way to kind of engage people you know and and have a chance to see more magic than is really there you know they've started to do it a lot with photo pass and you know some other elements uh around the park like the disney play app has some uh interactive phone moments where you hold your phone up and you see special animations right yeah so i thought why not do it with a parade and then you could also have like a section of the parade that's specifically for selfies so you turn your camera around and you you know you turn your back to the parade and you can take a selfie and you know you can apply different magical effects to it yes that's cool yeah just to just to kind of play up the whole like you know selfie generation that we're in nice yeah yeah, I don't know. What What do you guys think? I, I that could be something, right? I love the selfie element of it, and I love incorporating the Disney Play app. I'm so glad that you brought up those magic wands from Paint the Night. They, there was the magic wands, and then there was the paintbrushes, of which mm-hmm. I have yes. both. I will post a picture on Instagram if you guys don't remember what I'm talking about. But I was so excited when those paintbrushes were announced because having the ability to wave in and it was supposed to go and help you change colors and sync up with the parade. And I saw none of that. Instead, what we got were those glow with the ears or glow with the show ears that Mm -hmm. worked half the time. And mine broke after like two weeks of using them. So that was a bummer. But I did have a similar idea with bringing something like that into one of my ideas. Not with the play app and the selfie uh, concept because I really like that. Especially Mm -hmm. if you do get additional points or like if you're in Galaxy's Edge, you get additional credits for doing something like that. Because it's one of the biggest things we're seeing on Batu. Right? There's so much interactivity, especially with the play app, unlike mm-hmm. anything that we've seen in the park before. Mm-hmm. So uh, I love that part of it. I, I absolutely love it. So you could even gamify it because, you know, some of the uh, Q games that they have are like a scavenger hunt of sorts, right? Where you have to find yeah. things that are hidden. They could even hide things in the floats and on characters' costumes that you have to find. 
and then maybe like you along the way you earn that extra magic that you're going to see you know like if they gamified it it would kind of keep you engaged and keep people there for the whole parade too yeah yeah it would be interesting technology in order for it to take a picture and almost instantly decipher what it is that you're taking a picture of so that it unlocks mm-hmm. something else for you um, I know you you love talking about Pokemon Go, but I want to bring that up <laughs> kind of to, to this point, right? They just recently had their Go Fest in Chicago. And one of the things that, like one of the tasks was take a picture of this Pokemon by this thing. So if you already had it in your Pokedex, you would take a picture of that specific Pokemon next to something that they put up and it would unlock something for you in the game. So I feel like the technology is kind of there, just has to be tweaked in a Mm -hmm. way that would be really interesting because it would require these crazy 3D models to be in the play app so that no matter what angle or direction you took a picture of the float or whatever it is you're looking for, or just a big symbol that's on the side of the float. And once you take a picture of that symbol, it recognizes that you've unlocked something in the app. It could be something that simple. But, I mean, the tech is there. So if you can take advantage of it, that would be super cool. Heck, yeah. I like it. I love the idea of the interaction and everything. And it reminded me of uh, Mickey's Fun Wheel. Yeah. And ah, yeah. I remember the first time I was able to press different colors and make the the Fun Wheel just turn different colors. That was exciting. So let's take the idea of the um the interaction and let's say there are games and that the i would say the prize you get to control certain colors on the floats mm-hmm. i would I like love it. to do that i mean it <laughs> kind of like the make it pink make it blue happen and all that stuff and mm-hmm. just to have that it's like you're part of that parade and i love that that interaction Ah, I'm all excited. (laughs) (laughs) I say we bring it in now. Okay. Yes. (laughs) All right. Gavin and I will do one more round then. Okay. Is that cool? Sure. Okay. So the next one, I struggle between two lands because I, I feel that each would benefit from having a parade and yet both would benefit from absolutely not having a parade. What? Wait, yeah, I'm confused. Yes. So each one of these properties would benefit from a parade, and yet either one would benefit from not having a parade. <laughs> okay. So okay. here, here's okay. where my the concept blocking began for me, okay? So I've been to about two or three times now. And so I thought, oh, man, what if we had a Star Wars parade that went through the land where stormtroopers were marching and then you got to see different characters and there was floats that represented the different planets that people were were on you had like a death star but then you know depending on where we fall in star wars canon i think the death star is gone at this point but you know you had the a-wings and then you had the tie echelon somehow and you have all these sounds that are already built into the land because you know you already hear the sounds but then I started thinking about the space and the walkways, and there just isn't enough space to do it back there. So it would be more of a march than a parade, and we kind of already get that. So I figured, okay, Star Wars is out of the question, but we got Marvel coming. 
And so what mm-hmm. if we did a Marvel parade at California Adventure that goes right by the area that's going to have, you know, the brewery and all these attractions? And it can, if it's wide enough, maybe you could even cut through that area and, you know, make it go by Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout, go through the new area, and then end at the pier the way that everything else does. Mm-hmm. So the idea was that this was almost a moving stage show where every float was a connected story to the last. So instead of every float being independent, each one told a part of the story of the Infinity Saga. So it started off with Iron Man just banging away and he's building that first Iron Man suit. Then he gets to the point where he builds the second one. But on that one, you know, we get a glimpse of, you know, the next Avenger. You know, we meet Thor. We meet Captain America. We meet Hulk. And then, you know, by the third or fourth float, you see the Avengers assemble, which, by the way, would be the name of this parade. I would just call it assemble with an exclamation point. Uh, (laughs) The story continues and you get to meet, you know, Doctor Strange and Black Panther and each one of them has a float, you know, representing Wakanda and you have a float representing the Sanctum Sanctorum where Doctor Strange, uh, you know, is and, you know, he's holding the Eye of Agamotto and maybe you even have some representation for the Guardians of the Galaxy. You have like their ship built and they're all just kind of hanging out of the ship. You get to hear some cool music as they're coming by. Then you get to see Thanos and the children of Thanos in one of them. And he's holding the gauntlet and he's talking about how he's going to get the Infinity Stones and that he is going to make everything disappear just like he does in the film. And then uh, at one point when we finally get to the battle scene... We have this cool Tesla-like effect where Thor is standing right in the middle and he lifts up Stormbreaker and it connects with a piece of wire and all you see is like lightning bolts like stream on Stormbreaker and across the wires that are on top of the float, which I thought would just be like a super cool effect to see actual lightning in the park. (laughs) Uh, And then... Uh, As we're all kind of fighting, you know, you see all these fight scenes and they're all kind of moving. There's jumping around. Uh, One of the floats is like half of an Ant-Man, like the upper torso of Ant-Man, just kind of like moving around, trying to like grab a hold of what's happening. As you see, similar to how you see in Fantasmic, where you see the pirates going from one mast to another, you see Spider-Man going back and forth between buildings as they're fighting. And then uh, hang on, is there an intermission to this three hour parade? Uh, no, the whole parade, okay. the whole parade, 18 minutes. What? 18 Whoa. minutes. Because it's driving by at 40 miles an hour? No, it's driving by at regular pace, but these floats all are telling this story. Okay. And at one point, Thanos uh, comes back up, right? And he's got all six infinity stones, and he says, I am inevitable. And he snaps, and then. Whoosh, confetti cannons go off and all you see is like confetti falling everywhere and that (gasps) symbolizes like poof everybody turns to dust right and so the avengers assemble again and then they start fighting thanos and 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 this is the part i had a lot of trouble with because normally you want to end parades on a high note and this parade would certainly end on a different note and so i thought to myself well in theory, this parade would have been pretty amazing. 
but I, I really feel that a parade needs to have happiness and it's got to have a lot of energy and make you want to keep singing and dancing. And that's why I felt that this was more of a moving stage show than a parade because it was just telling this entire story in this like 15 to 17 minute moving show. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. at the end, we would have to come up with some kind of ending that people would be content with. But overall, that was my next concept. <laughs> wow. Uh, epic, which is fitting for Marvel. Uh, I've never seen a parade that told a story. Like Me neither. That. Um, I think you're right. I don't think you can really tell that story in a parade. Because of the end, you'd have to have the last float just be caskets. Mm-hmm. Spoilers. Uh, <laughs> maybe for Halloween. Yeah, yeah. maybe. Uh, and also, I, I mean, God, if this happens, I'll be a little disappointed because I could have just watched the parade instead of 40 hours of films. <laughs> no, no, you still want to do that. I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I like the idea. I think I think you could pull off a really epic, exciting, fun, positive Marvel parade. You just can't tell the Infinity Saga. You yeah. know, it just has to be, here's Iron Man, here's the Guardians, here's Black Panther and Co. Yeah. And just, you know, celebrate the greatness of each one. Maybe have a a boo, hiss, Thanos float go by in the middle somewhere. And then back to Captain America and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I this would also be a really good opportunity for them to start introducing other characters that they've wanted to introduce. Like if they want to bring some X-Men or maybe they're saving the X-Men for specific points in Phase 4. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and if that's the case, well, then, okay, cool. You can append the parade later. But, yeah, that's where I hit my roadblock where, like I said, Parades always end on this high note, and this one would kind of be a bummer at the end. Yeah, yeah. Okay, question. Would you, I mean, this is kind of a dumb question, but would you be playing the Avengers theme song in any of it? Because if not, like, let's say you only had individual themes, you could kind of save that at the end. Because that song is really epic. Yeah. And I'm thinking maybe one way to just like, boom, like that's how you're going to end it. Because that's no matter what, that is always exciting. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, how can we do this? I don't know. That's a tough one because it's so good. I like that that parade route, too. If you can do it through the Marvel land, Stark Park, and then out in front of Route 66 and along down to the pier. Like, I like that it doesn't have to do that Hollywood Boulevard, then turn left by Carthay. Yeah. Because that just, that really cuts off a lot of access. Mm-hmm. And I think if you just move it back and just kind of bisect the park from east to west like that, you can at least be on one side or the other of that during the parade and be fine. Yeah. You know? I like I liked that new parade route. That might be my favorite thing about this parade. <laughs> I'm hoping that it's wide enough to do something like that there. Yeah, that would be cool. I, I don't know if it's going to be because of the area that they're working with, but, man, I, I feel like that's 
the best possible route for parades from that point forward. Although for other parades that aren't Marvel themed going through the middle of the Marvel land might be a little bit weird. Then use the original route. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So (laughs) to comment on what you said, totally not a dumb question. Yes, I did plan on on playing the Avengers theme, but each Avenger generally has their own theme to go along with them. And so a lot Mm -hmm. of it would just be kind of that action music that you hear for each one. But yes, I would play it. And, you know, one of the major problems with this, too, is that if we made it so that the Avengers stand tall at the end, um, you can't really have Thanos in there. You know, especially right. if you know how it yeah. ends up, uh, because then you're changing Marvel canon. And so to change it for the parade doesn't make sense outside of the confines of the movie. So, ah, frustrating because I like this. Maybe the last thing you see on that parade is I love you 3000. Oh, I don't know. But see, then you <laughs> then you end up with that like, oh, moment. And then like people were like, you know what I mean? And yeah. like at well, the you end, had the confetti. <clears throat> and and it's a whole different feeling when you see the Mary Poppins float, you know, or at the end of Paint the Night, you know, when yeah. you're singing and you're dancing. And that wouldn't happen with this parade. And even with the Star Wars one. Like, because it's it's cool to see them and it's cool to see these characters, but like I said, the more that I think about it, it would have to be a different story or it would have to be like up to, I don't know, Age of Ultron, for instance, you know, and maybe we tell that story or a little bit further where we know that the Avengers all, you know, succeed together, especially if we want to have like Ant-Man because we're going to have Ant-Man at California Adventure. You know, we're going to have an attraction. We're going to have something dedicated to him. We know we, we're going to have Spider-Man. Those are really key characters in the MCU that I feel need to be represented in something like this. But they don't come into the MCU until really far into Phase 3. And so that's the biggest issue. That by the time that they're all standing together again, you know, it, yeah. (laughs) That's that's a thing. So I'm telling you, man, this whole parade creation process, kind (laughs) of difficult. (laughs) <laughs> yeah oh man yeah uh i think that's a that's a strong candidate though it's gonna be hard to follow yeah but until he comes up with the best idea of the night i will follow it <laughs> well i don't know well, I'm, I'm building towards my better ideas so my next idea is to do with something also that we've talked about a lot on this podcast lately Uh, You know, with Disney Plus on the near horizon and it looks like they're going to finally be letting us partake once again in all those classic Disney television properties. Mm -hmm. I thought it would be really cool to have a Disney TV parade. Um, And I kind of thought of it as like Disney television throughout the years. So like it would start out. And like you would either have a float that was just a TV that kind of announced what era it was, or maybe the floats in this section would be covered with TVs. So like the first one would be from the 50s and it would be all those old style tube TVs. 
and we'd see the Mouseketeers and, and stuff of that era, right? And then the next era that comes through will be, you know, more like the TVs that a lot of us grew up with as kids. You know, some some color, but still a little grainy, a little bit bigger screens. You know, we got some Disney Afternoon going. We got Rescue Rangers. We got DuckTales. We got all that stuff. Ooh. And then like a third <laughs> section could be your flat screens and your plasmas and things like that. And we could have, you know, Kim Possible and all the way through Gravity Falls and some of the newer shows. Um, but I just thought it would be cool to see a celebration of uh, Disney television properties, which, you know, has been sorely lacking in its presence in the parks, in merchandise, in, you know, rebroadcasting, like all of it. You know, like they've got this epic history of animated television greatness that they don't celebrate. And it's it's kind of a head scratcher. So I think a parade would be a cool way to do that. And it's also kind of a cool way to see the the journey of the technology and the medium of TV as well as a part of that kind of concept, you know. So that's that's basically my next idea. Okay, I love this idea. And I'm not just going to say that I love it because it's very similar to the next idea I'm going to throw out there. <laughs> but I love the fact that you're it's like a it's like a time warp, basically. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I love that idea. I think you could have some really cool like because I'm picturing like, you know, like in Paint the Night in the Monsters, Inc. section with all the doors or even with um, the Halloween parade with like the Haunted Mansion and all the windows, how they're all mm -hmm. screens. Like I'm picturing all these TV screens, like a whole float just covered in like old school, like 50s TVs. And they're all, you know, playing, you know, Mickey Mouse Club or whatever. And then on top of the float, you know, you've got Musketeers like waving at you and yeah. stuff like that. And then, you know, that next era is just newer TVs and then newer TVs, and then newer TVs, and then we get, you know, new properties. And, and then at the end, we have cell phones. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cell phones uh, and tablets. <laughs> right. But, I mean, and, you know, if they wanted to kind of bring that one out every every now and again, they could update that last float with, you yeah. know, what the new hot show is, you know? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, maybe it could be like the summertime parade, you know, that they bring out every year. And like, what's the new hot show this year? Let's add it to the parade. I just think it'd be I cool to it. see uh, Dipper and Mabel and Grunkle Stan and Seuss on a float. Uh, don't worry. One of my two upcoming ideas actually incorporates them. Nice. I like <laughs> so at of least course. we got we got them covered in two parades now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love love the idea of how the technology is represented. That is so cool. I can't find a way to add anything. It's it's just I would love to see that like now. Yeah. It it just struck me that that's that was so synonymous to what the Walt Disney Company has always been about. You know, they've mm -hmm. always been adopting early adopters of technology and inventors of technology and they're always you know right out there on the the cutting edge so to see what that looked like throughout the years too is interesting because you know disney was a huge pioneer in early television mm -hmm. and you know that's important history to maintain so yeah yeah agreed 
Well done. I like that one a lot. Oh, I thought all my ideas were lame. <laughs> <laughs> no. And that always happens. I, like Those were mine, dude. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Mel. So I'm on the opposite end here. Oh, did you do a Disney World parade? No. <laughs> no, I didn't mean that. <laughs> um, okay, so with parades, I've always thought about, you know, there's always the princesses, mm-hmm. and they're always based on that. I would love to see a parade with just the guys. Interesting. You know? Interesting. Just the princess. Um, but I, I didn't know. I, I, like I said, I have the ideas. I just didn't know how to put them in a like a like what segment or sequence. But I mean, maybe you guys could help me with that. So what I was thinking was starting with three in the front and they're all going to be on horses. And I was thinking to have the prince from Snow White Mm -hmm. and each prince would have like performers that have flags to kind of represent them. Mm -hmm. And each of them would have like the specific, I would say the music. So like for instance, when he comes out first, well, out of the trio, he would come out to one song. Mm-hmm. And behind him, I would love to see Prince Philip. And I think he's someone who should be there at Disneyland all the time, but he's not going to be like the main person. Mm-hmm. But to have him come out to the flags that we see in Sleeping Beauty, mm-hmm. and there's this specific song that plays when he's uh, riding in to meet his dad. And I thought, okay, that might be pretty good of a background for him. Mm-hmm. And the third person I thought was Flynn Rider. And, Whoa. of course, with him would be the Lanterns. Yeah. I did not expect that. I should have said not all of them are princes. My bad. Well, you said that, <laughs> but I expected in that first trio it would be uh, Prince Charming. Yeah. Whoa. Wow. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, this is my parade. I'm just <laughs> okay. Not in Melissa's parade. it just i didn't want to have too many so i was like okay how do i cut this down to those who are you know at least we have to pay homage to the first one sure and then prince philip because of course sleeping beauty's castle and then the third one i thought who has a horse flynn rider so i was like oh why not you know i see three floats and two of them are transformations so i should have said this in the beginning this is going to take part at night okay because of the magic that's going to happen I was thinking about having Li Shang on one of the floats. Mm-hmm. Him from Mulan with Yao, Ling, and Chen Po. And if I'm not mistaken, they didn't come out in the Mulan parade. So let's say this float, the army, um, the grounds mm-hmm. that they train on, and you have the whole scene to, um, I'll make a man out of you. Mm-hmm. So that would be the song. You would have the dancers that look like the rest of the army. And them three could be on top. They would be performing their, you know, they're the highlights for that. I think they need a little bit more love. The second float, this is where the magic would get a little bit more and more. The second one, I would love to see Prince Naveen on his own. Mm. And his would be that he would start as a frog. Hmm. Him and Louie are on the floats. And it's the whole when they're in the bayou. So everybody around them, you know, they're all. This is the hard part that I 
couldn't decide on whether I wanted them as the animals or as humans because this is what I would want to see is you know how in Fantasmic Mickey just boop pops up yeah you know let's say they're they're performing to when we're human and you got Louie in the background doing his thing and at one point the lights turn off here comes Prince Naveen as his human self it's kind of hard because it's like how do I pull this off this transition how how do i pull it off so seamlessly it's like you could create like a like a rotating door like in the front of a building where uh-huh. half of it is in a half circle so they're basically they're hidden and so when it spins they're a frog like he's a frog and then it spins and then it's prince naveen so you can have some like like wind effects that make it look like some stuff is flying like streamers or something. Ah. And then that's when the spin happens. And then the next time that you see him, he's not a frog, he's a prince. And then vice versa. You can keep that transition happening so that other people can see it happen too. I like that. I really do. Because that would kind of help a whole lot. So my third float, the final one, because I don't have an ending to this because I don't know how to end it, um, would be the beast. Yeah. Because he's just, he's, you have to have him. Yeah, you I do. know he's popular, but. <laughs> <laughs> so this would take place actually in the dining room kind of thing. And just like Paint the Night where you have the doors. But this time I would like to see the doors a little bit closer to kind of pr- represent the walls. And all the performers are the inanimate objects. Nice. So basically he comes in, he's performing, they're doing be our guest but there's a like let's say in between like a little bit in between that all of a sudden the transformation music starts playing and you have the rays Uh. on the screens happening all of a sudden it turns bright he's human and so are the other performers like they do a costume like change real quickly and this i remember from like um Something on Instagram that I had seen where they would spin and then do a reveal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if they were to do that and reveal themselves all as humans, I think that'd be pretty fun to see. Yeah. I like that idea too. Especially because the princes do not get a lot of representation around the park. Yeah. We only see them on Valentine's Day. Yeah. Now, would it just be strictly for the princes or would you want to sprinkle in like a Gaston, for instance? Because I feel like having Gaston and having like a dance number with like women (gasps) oogling him or something like would be a a really fitting. I know he's not a prince, but he is a pretty major character in that film. Like, how how do you feel about adding those or is it just strictly like the prince territory? We could do what they do in Halloween. We could stick him in the back. And he'll just like flex. All the villains stuff. in the back. Well, there's your ending. <laughs> there you go. Failing in the end. <laughs> the end. <laughs> we want attention too. <laughs> right? Oh, that would be good. <laughs> They're chasing behind at the end. It's like, now look at us. <laughs> we want attention too. <laughs> uh, I think there's a glaring That's omission funny. here. Um, I didn't hear you talk about Prince Ali, a.k.a. Aladdin. I thought about that, and I'm like, uh, he comes out in so many parades, and I'm like, I don't know how to put him in, because... Anywhere. 
Yeah, I mean, greatest I like Disney anywhere. prince, hands down. Now, I know <laughs> no I stepped away slightly. I know I stepped away slightly while you were t- talking, but did you mention Eric? No. Okay, so Eric's not in it either. No. Okay. Hmm. I think him, Aladdin, well, him, Aladdin, they're more popular. That's why I put the beast at the end. Hey, wait a second. Oh, just saying. Because he's like I the I might main be rethinking of- this now. Because <laughs> the beast is very popular. Well, yeah, that's why he's like the main part. Okay. So best for last. All right. Do mm. we consider Hercules a prince? Good question. I was going to mention Milo right now, too. <laughs> well, Hercules had his own parade. Well, a lot of people had their own parade, but that was long, long ago. Yeah, I know, but I was like, nah, he had his own parade. If I did Milo, oh, I would be a whole different parade. Ho, oh, oh. hmm. With like the the jets and the just the colors and everything, and then the bowl Ooh. and the drill. Oh, yeah. An no, Atlantean that. celebration uh-huh. this summer at California Adventure. <laughs> <laughs> With lots of water. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, I... I I think I like the idea, um, although there is a part of me that's hesitant to want to throw a, an all male character parade out into this world we live in today. But I do like it because so many of those characters are great and they don't get the same uh, love as far as um, exposure in the parks. I would love it to be, I think, a little more open in its theme and it be more about heroes than specifically princes. Because there are a lot of other characters, you know, like Hercules, that I would love to include in that. Um, You know, even characters like Tarzan, which we never see. And, you know, there's a lot of others. Um, I think it'd be neat to see... Arthur and Merlin walking down the street and, you know, some classic characters like that. Um, Even anthropomorphic characters, although that kind of gets a little muddy at some point, but it'd be cool to see Robin Hood and Little John and, you know, guys like that. But I don't know. I do do like this idea. I, I do. Yeah. It would be an interesting parade, especially as a nighttime parade. Well, what's cool, too, is that you can play... A really different set of music than we get for most of the other parades and spectaculars and shows because so many of these movies are princess movies and Mm -hmm. all of the main songs we hear over and over and over again. But, you know, like when the prince from Snow White is trotting down the street on his horse, we can hear a different theme from Snow White than we ever hear. You know, we're not going to yeah. hear Whistle yeah. While You Work and Hi Ho. We're going to hear a different theme. And I like that. That's that's probably my favorite part about this idea is that we can hear some different music yeah. that may not be super familiar to everybody, but, you know, is different and awesome in its own way. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I'm for it. I think we should do it. Okay, we I just have, want to see Prince Philip. We have eight <laughs> new parades that we're greenlighting so far. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, so my next idea. So I have two 
that I want to talk about right now. I don't know which one to choose. So, eeny, meeny, miny, moe, catch a tiger by the toe. If y'all just let them go, eeny, meeny, miny. Okay, this one. Okay, so my next parade is very similar to what Gavin talked about not too long ago. Except that mine doesn't have television screens. Uh, but I, I did want to break it up by era. Because I feel that there is a lot of animation that happens throughout the decades that I think is long forgotten. And so the parade that I want to create is called Legacy, a tribute to Disney animation. Mm. And I wanted to start off with, uh, obviously, Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. And I want to start off with Steamboat Willie. And I know that the first instinct is to put Steamboat Willie at the end, right? Because, you know, feature attraction. But that's what started it all. So I think Oswald and Mickey should interact with each other at the very beginning of the parade. And then we start kicking into a little girl that looks like Alice moving around with some of these other little characters. And then we jump into Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Now, what will make this parade a little more unique than some of the other stuff that we see is that the float itself will be broken up by decade. And there are some decades that have more films than others. So the more that there was, the bigger the float will be, obviously. What I want to do with the floats is... I think that there's a lot of amazing concept art that some of us never get a chance to see. So the idea for each of these floats is to replicate all of the concept artwork that guys like, you know, Mark Davis or Ivan Earl or Mary Blair made for these films and use that as the backdrops and create 3D versions of that artwork for those floats, obviously nice. playing the iconic songs for each individual franchise or coming up with mixes for whenever there was a franchise that, you know, was part of that same decade, for instance. So uh, that would obviously jump into uh, Pinocchio. So we would have like a Pinocchio uh, Fantasia flow with the reluctant dragon, a little bit of Dumbo, uh, Bambi, you know. And this is one of the bigger ones because there was so much like Saludos Amigos came out, Three Caballeros. Mm -hmm. But there was so much in this one. And I think because it's a tribute, you know, you're able to kind of get away with all these characters in their own little segments representing that decade uh next one obviously would be cinderella alice in wonderland peter pan lady of the tramp sleeping beauty and they would all have their own float with all the unique artwork that came as their concept art in their own little sections of their float um, I, I think there's a really nice way of interweaving the artwork as well because a lot of it was made by similar artists. Um, so in the in the 60s, we had uh, 101 Dalmatians, uh, Sword in the Stone, Jungle Book, and that's and it. that's it because Aristoc uh, Aristocats came out in 1970. So we had that small float representing those. So then we have Aristocats. Robin Hood, Winnie the Pooh, Rescuers, and then it breaks into another float, Fox and the Hound, Black Cauldron, Great Mouse Detective, uh, Roger Rabbit, uh, Oliver and Company, 
No. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And Oliver then, and Company and came Mermaid. right before Little Mermaid. So Little Mermaid would cap that off. The next one would be um, uh, DuckTales, the movie. Uh, since we already had the Rescuers, I'm not even going to bother throwing the Rescuers down under in there. But then we get most of the Renaissance stuff. We're going to have Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin. We're going to have Nightmare Before Christmas, um, Lion King, Goofy Movie, Pocahontas. Uh, and then this is where I didn't, I didn't know if I should draw the line at Disney animation or if I should incorporate like Pixar into this one because I mean it's two different lineages of animation to me, mm-hmm. and in a sense, I even had that problem thinking about it like for the Walt Disney Animation Studios once they started doing 3D like Frozen and Chicken Little and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, so essentially, I'm not gonna run through everything, but it would be uh. a series of floats. It, I mean, I'm gonna be sitting here for like three hours listing everything out. But <laughs> the point is that it would be broken up by these decades and these characters that represented each of the films in the decade that it was produced in would be on this float using concept art style floats for them to sit in and then you hear all the music and they're all dancing around and like Mm -hmm. waving at people. So I love the idea of making the set pieces on the floats be from the concept art from all the animations and those wonderful artists that I love best. And I just think visually this could be a really stunning parade. So I really like it. So I'm I'm trying to picture the characters. Are so let's take the '90s, which has the most films in it, by far. Uh, would you put one character from each film on the float, or would you have a bunch of them on the ground as well? How how would you stage that? Uh, I think I would have one or two of the most important characters in the film, depending okay. on what film it was. Because if you have, let's say you have Aladdin, right? Aladdin and Jasmine, I think, are the two primary characters from that film. So I would have to have them together. Mm. Or or Genie. I mean, it's hard not to have Genie. uh, But he could have the lamp. Yeah. And he could represent the Genie. I feel like it's Aladdin and Genie. Anyway. Okay. Well, I, I, your point is taken. Yes. We could debate it, but it can yeah. be one or two characters. And there, okay. the great thing is that there's certain films. Um, let's say that we did incorporate Pixar, for instance, or Tarzan. Tarzan doesn't have to be a real person. Tarzan can be an animatronic or it can be just like a statue of Tarzan. And in the trees that you build on the float, he could just be kind of peeking through. You know, mm-hmm. he can kind of retract and he can kind of peek out. So you get the presence of Tarzan in there. And it could be the same thing for other characters as well. It doesn't have to be like an actual person. And if this was a day parade, I think they could just kind of walk around the float. But if it's a night parade, we can illuminate it in such a way that each of the the franchises or each of the films that's being highlighted is what lights up during their segment of the music that's playing for that float. Nice. I I like that. I think that's cool. By the way, I, if it was up to me, there would never be a human in a costume of a cartoon character ever. It would all be either at the very least statues or figures. And that at most 
animatronics. Like, yeah. they, it drives yeah. me nuts. It really does because they don't look like the characters from the movies. Are you saying Bo Peep doesn't look like Bo Peep? Oh, I, I I can't tell you that I've not seen Bo Peep, but I can sure as heck tell you that Timon doesn't look anything like Timon. That's true, right? So yeah, true. like one of my favorite things about the Lion King parade is that freaking Simba is up on top of Pride Rock, looking like Simba, not a dude in a costume, yeah. right? I like, think there's so, some that get away with it. I mean, I I think like in your opinion. No, I th- I think like like a sin not not a syndrome um a frozone or a Mister Incredible, oh but you're talking about okay no wait I just no. realized what you're saying yeah, I'm yeah, talking okay. about Scratch. all of them I I right, think yeah. some of those they've gotten okay with but only with the more humanoid characters you know yeah. like because you you have uh, proportion problems scale problems right. Yeah. So like Jiminy Cricket's the same size as, you know, Little John, more or less, you know, yeah. and they would be vastly different sized characters. And I, I, I would like them to be more in proportion with what they should be. You know, like if you got a float with Pinocchio and Jiminy Cricket, Jiminy Cricket should be sitting on his knee, you know, yeah, or like holding him in his hand. hand. Yeah. Like and the see, scale th- should be there. That's part of the thing that totally ruins it for me. And that would be a really great way to show the scale of these characters on these floats if they had animatronics just kind of waving by and the human element were the dancers around the float in front and behind that interacted with with guests. Yeah. And I think it would be neat to be able to see a detail in a float that maybe you missed the first time. Like, oh my gosh, there's little Jiminy Cricket or there's... Tiny Tinkerbell in that Peter Pan area, you know, like I think that would be neat. You don't have to have everything, you know, oversized and in your face all the time. I, I, I don't know. I wish some of those things were truer and more directly inspired by those actual characters instead of big giant huggables. I don't know. (laughs) You know, I've seen uh, artwork that people have produced over the years where they take like all the Pixar characters, for instance, and they draw them all to scale. Yeah. And they draw like Disney characters. Like I think that should be like a good reference point, right? Like for something like this. I agree. I think that'd be cool. Yeah. I like that. Gosh, I'm just <laughs> I'm listening and it's like I could actually picture this happening and seeing the details that you're talking about, Gavin. It just it's like how do I add on to this? This is awesome. <laughs> so I'm not I don't have anything to say. I'm like, dang, this is good. We just come up with a song too, be like one world from one dream. All these characters come to see and I don't know. Oh my god. See, we don't even have that. <laughs> <laughs> so is you, is this a daytime parade, Hazen? I mean I think it can work for both of them. I think it okay. would just look nicer if we can illuminate certain pieces at night. Ah, uh, okay. So see we do the what did you call it? The Legacy of Legacy. Animation? A tribute to Disney animation. So we run that at night, but during the day we run my Disney T V timeline parade. Sure. So we have the whole history of Disney animation from day to night. Word. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. I like it. All right. Am I up? Yes. Yep. 
Okay, so this is going to be basically the mirror image of Melissa's first idea. <laughs> I decided uh, I wanted to just completely pander in one of my ideas here and go with the most popular choice, which I don't think has ever purely been done in one entertainment offering. And I think it's finally time for the Disney princess parade where it's just all in no holds barred, all princesses, the (laughs) girliest, most magical, (laughs) glittery, bright colored, beautiful thing ever created that's I'm in. sold that's I'm in. what i want i want flowers and pixie dust and bright colors and lights and lasers and all of it I'm, celebrating I'm princesses i'm sold i don't even have any float ideas i Who just cares just i'm sold it's okay parade of princesses a float for each i'm imagining floats already you You're start what? with the easy ones you start with is this a day or a nighttime parade um this is um i don't know i think i kind of pictured it as a daytime parade okay um but it could go night i I could see it being night as well you you can do a lot more with projections and those types and lighting effects at night so yeah i think the nighttime parades end up usually being more magical i think so so yeah yeah i'd go i'd go night with this one Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you start with the super easy ones. Like you start with, with Punzi <clears throat> because it's easy to simulate all of the lanterns just okay. rising. Yeah. yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. You paint most of the float black or in a way that it looks like, you know, clouds or something. And then you have like a mechanism that just lifts all the lanterns, you know, and she's kind of looking at them and pointing at them from the front of the float while she's sitting in a boat. Right. Like and it. it looks like rocking water. <laughs> So that would be pretty awesome. Um, what would you highlight for some of the other princesses, though? We gotta make Aurora's float. It has to be on clouds, and she it has to have that fade of pink and blue at the end. Yeah, I like that. Uh, that so, I like just, that. So for hers, I think that technique that you were talking about that we've seen on Instagram, and it's mm-hmm. actually, I, I don't know if it's in Paris or in Tokyo. I want to say it's in Paris. But the way that the costume is set up is she's in the pink dress, and then she spins, and it turns into the yes. blue dress. And I think that would be super awesome. Yeah, that would be cool. Then I would actually take a concept that they've used for the Tokyo version of the Main Street Electrical Parade called um, Dream Lights. And that is when it gets to Cinderella, she's wearing basically a dress of LEDs and the fairy godmother nice. is right behind her and it's blue. But then it looks like she's waving the wand and there's like like the fairy dust going around her. And then the dress just turns bright white the way that it does in the film. And it's just so cool to see it. Nice. So if we can incorporate those types of practical lighting effects to pull off some of the scenes. Oh, I'm so sold on this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm all about it. I think it'd be cool. I'd like to see like really lush, vibrant floats, you know, like uh really textured really fully staged like i'd love to see like jasmine kind of reclining on the magic carpet like like curled up next to raja just like chilling on the Mm -hmm. rug and like have lots of like 
pillows around like it's very Arabian. Um, I think you could stage a lot of them really, really cleverly and, and be really cool about it. Um, of course, you'd have to have Anna in there as well because um, she's so popular. Uh, but I, man, <laughs> I don't know. I just, I feel like in like, they're always represented, right? The princesses, but it's never been just about the princesses. Yeah. So yeah. I kind of thought, let's go big or go home on this one. Ooh, okay. You know I'm in. what? Pocahontas would be amazing Ooh. with Grandmother Willow. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm, and the leaves. I'm just so on board. Something that just gives that the leaves like the different colors mm-hmm. Ooh, that would yeah. be pretty <laughs> i'm all about it oh, that's a good idea man it's a really <laughs> great idea of course hazen you can you can have your bell float yeah buddy <laughs> <laughs> yeah buddy uh and i don't want quinceanera bell i want no. like a better float for her <laughs> cool 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 yeah uh, Tiana, of course, so it'll have to be a Tiana float, like a riverboat or something. Yes. With her on it. Like, yeah. Hey, what do you know? We already have one. Hey. You can just repurpose like so many of the other floats. Nah, we'll do a new one. We'll do a better one. We'll make okay. it her restaurant. Something. Got it. Ooh. Yeah. You know what I, with some of the floats, like especially with, with some of these ideas that I had, like I imagine creating these like micro floats that, you know, that like that chunky style of modeling that they do for Funkos, especially when there's vehicles involved. Yes. Like I figure like if they all had that like chunky style, like the Funko vehicles, I think it would really fit this like, like micro parade style. I honestly thought when you started that sentence that you were going to talk about chunky style peanut butter. Mmm. Chunky style <laughs> peanut butter. So you surprised <laughs> me when you said Funko, but yes, that could be cool. Because <laughs> then you can have a tiny riverboat in that style, and then she could just be like at the top dancing or something. Yeah, I like it. Okay, so I did mention that I kind of cheated, but then I was thinking about no, because they've used Frozen for everything multiple times. Nope, you got to use it, so, especially with Frozen Two. Got to have it in there. We're not having it the same. <laughs> but um, I wanted to bring. A nighttime show that includes black light, lasers, light cycles. Okay. And bring that. I know where this is yes. going. We're bringing the Autopia cars back. Shut your face. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Um, no, I really would love to see. This was, this was the first thing I thought about was seeing a parade that brings tribute to electronica mm-hmm. and with the music we could totally pull this off um i was thinking the beginning part would be with the overture playing and that'll kind of bring in the mood so it gets dark and then you start hearing the music coming up little by little we're going to start hearing kevin talk about how he got into the grid and that's where of course the grid starts playing now, when he says that he gets into the grid, Main Street, Small World, wherever this is, you could see this, you're going to see a grid just pop up all the way down. And it. little by little, as that's going, we're going to start seeing the light cycles, but we're going to see both eras. So you'll start nice. seeing the orange and the blues, 
and then we're going to start seeing the ones from Tron Legacy. At the same time, we could have Flynn's, again, projected this time over on Main Street and on the castle, Small World, just to give it that touch again. Yes. Then we, we hear the game has changed. And from that, that's where we're going to start seeing the programs rock in. Nice. We're going to start seeing some of the lasers and a little bit of the choreography touching on what they did before and kind of give a little bit more because it's going to lead up to something else. And as that's happening, so it's kind of like a storyline. Then the portal is going to open and it's going to be a show stop. Big party, big dance party. And we're going to have some Daft Punk. We're going to have some remixed music. And in the street, we're going to have a big float, but I wouldn't say supported by little, little ones. And the little ones would be, if you guys remember, you know how we had the programs and the sirens dancing. Mm -hmm. Those could be the smaller floats. And the larger one is going to be the end of line club. Nice. And this is where we're going to have the dark light. We're going to have the lasers. We're going to have the glow with the show. You know, all that element. Have everybody come down, start dancing on the dance floor. We're going to have Derez playing and whatnot. And from there, we'll slowly hear that, like, let's say the music kind of dies down a little bit because, we, you know, that's how you're going to end the dance, you know, to let everybody know, okay, time to go back. And that's where Zeus is going to talk about, or it could be Eckerd, either one. He's going to talk about the portal having to close. And that's how they continue on. And boom. This is the first one I had that I had kind of <laughs> beginning to end. I'm like, we can make this happen. Yes, I understand we had the dance party in DCA. Bring it to Disneyland. I think it would be like totally immersive. And we're all about dancing. We're all about having a good time. Why not? So. Yeah. I want to see recognizers coming down main street that would be dope i totally forgot something and now that i thought about it data discs mm -hmm. would be the new glow with the show oh okay okay i like it i was like wait a minute because we can't have wands that doesn't make sense no. so i was like mm, yeah i think nice. that'd be cool nice you know, as you were talking about the light cycles and the grid mm -hmm. appearing, all I could think about is using projection mapping so that as the light cycles are coming down Main Street, like it's leaving a streak of red and blue right behind them. Yes, yes, yes. That's exactly what I had oh, in my mind, too. I love it. <laughs> that's I'm like, I had these ideas, but I didn't know how to put them together. But <laughs> yes, if we could see that, oh, I, yeah, I'd camp out for days. Okay. I like it. And as far as electronic is concerned, I mean, we do have a huge area in something called Tomorrowland. Yes. You know, that we can put <laughs> that in. Yeah. I feel Along like, with the Tron Light Cycle coaster. Yeah, I feel like, like Innoventions could be like a permanent installation for something like that. But Ah, such a good idea. 
<laughs> I mean, I, I kind of don't have much to add to that. Like, yeah, I, Tron, <laughs> Tron is just so perfect. Yeah, it's really good. I love it. Oh, all right. I guess I'm going to wrap up my ideas here. Um, okay, so I, I wanted to do something, uh, as I mentioned at the beginning of our talk today, you know, parades invoke that feeling of high energy, you know, the fun and excitement. And during the summer, I feel like some of that gets lost because it's just so freaking hot in the middle of the day for a parade. So I wanted to pull out some of the Disney animation properties that don't necessarily get used at, at one point they kind of did. Um, but I started to think in like in my head, like who are some of these properties that I feel would fit this, not necessarily mischievous parade, but you could see being a part of this idea. And so the core characters in my idea, uh, are going to be Phineas and Ferb. Ah. And so Phineas and Ferb are essentially throwing a 104 days of summer water fun challenge. And the idea behind each of these floats is that they've gotten their friends in the Disney universe to come up with their own version of water cannons and water guns that are used to essentially shoot water at the audience that's watching the parade to cool them down during the summer. So we would have floats based on Lilo and Stitch and Experiment 626 is just going nuts on nice. the, the water guns <laughs> that he creates. It looks like a big spaceship, you know, but it's like on the beach. And so they're using like those elements of the film, you know, to kind of bring the movie in. We have a Moana float where she's using the eye of Tafiti to control the water. What well, she doesn't really need the eye. She just can control it, but she's controlling the water and it's like squirting water because, you know, she's awesome at that. Uh, We have a Finding Nemo and a Slash Finding Dory float where the fish begin to like wag their tails really, really fast (laughs) on each side and they swim one way, they swim the other. And they're basically splashing at all the people that are just watching the parade as it goes down. Uh, We have a Toy Story float. And this one would have to be a little bit different than the Pixar Play Parade float because the Play Parade already kind of has a float that squirts water with uh, like Woody and and, and everybody on there. Mm -hmm. So it would have to be a small take on that. But I do want it to be like toys putting together this like big water gun cannon sort of thing. Um, Then I would want one based on Alice in Wonderland because I feel that the Mad Hatter would just be a crazy enough character to have these cups of tea that he's (laughs) tossing at you and it makes it look like it's hot water but it's really cold water because you have like dry ice just kind of making all the steam come up around him and he's like oh cup of tea and then he like throws water at you Uh, (laughs) i think another great franchise to have on this would be the muppets I think having the Muppets create some like crazy contraption that they use to squirt water from where it's like Gonzo and Fozzie and Kermit and Piggy and Bunsen and Beaker kind of at the helm of this entire contraption would also fit that like Phineas and Ferb like style of invention. 
Um, I think just because it's water-based um, and because Frozen 2 is coming out, we would got to have Anna and Elsa on there just kind of creating, you know, water icicles, I guess, at people that would not pierce through anybody because they're not real icicles. They're essentially just water droplets. Uh, and then to throw a little bit of classic Disney in there, I think it would be super fun to see an elephant fly and scoop down some water and then start squirting it around as it's flying <laughs> around in circles above the float. And then the final one that I thought would just be cool, and this is where I was telling you about earlier, Gavin, is to have the mystery shack and then at different windows have Seuss and Grunkle Stan and uh, Mabel and Dipper just like shooting at you from inside because I feel like their characters would be really into something like this, Mm -hmm. you know, during the summer since they're also on summer vacation. And then to top the whole thing off at the end is obviously Phineas and Ferb's float. And it would essentially look like a big funhouse mousetrap sort of contraption where they press one button and you see the water travel through all of these tubes and through all of these mechanisms. And then finally it loads up these tanks at the bottom and just squirts out at everybody once those things get filled up. So... Not everybody would get wet as it's coming down. It's just kind of sparingly as you see them fill, like these tanks fill up at the bottom. And so that would be Phineas and Ferb's 104 Days of Summer Water Fun Challenge. Uh, Why did you pick 104? Because the theme song starts off with, there's 104 days in summer vacation. Okay. Got it. <laughs> Got it. That is a long summer vacation, first of all. Well, uh, I it's love a lot it. of water. I That's love cool. It. Um, this would be great on typical hot summers. I, I think I always liked the uh, play parade for that element. Um, I think it, it always needed to be up to notch because it's like tiny little squirts yeah. here and there. Like this could be a lot of fun. I, yeah. I, li- I like it. I think it's good. Yeah, I think if it's in Disneyland, Main Street is so narrow that it would have to be pretty well calibrated so that the people that are just walking behind the uh, viewers of the parade that aren't participating per se don't also get wet. I felt similar to that, and I actually see this more as a DCA parade. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. I like it. Like Especially considering the magnitude of Phineas and Ferb's float. <laughs> Got it. I want to see that float. If man, just all the water and everything, and how it like blows up. That sounds like fun. Heck yeah. I think yeah, summer day. And then each one of those properties, I think, has music that could fit that like upbeat style, and you can create mm-hmm. like a really fun, you know, water summer type anthem for this parade, and just have fun. I like it. I, I think that's a really fun idea. It's a good mix of characters and properties, too. Yeah, that was, I, I think, especially like the Muppets. You know, there there's a property that oh, I think is yeah. gravely underutilized totally. by Disney. And yeah. totally. I think for something like this, where you're coming up with this type of contraption, you know, I think it would fit the Muppet style. I agree. I could see Beaker on that float. 
freaking out and like water just coming out because that always happens. <laughs> like he would be trying to squirt at people and it's squirting at him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally. All right. Well, here's here's my last idea. Most of the ideas in this last idea have already been spoken of today. <laughs> so uh, a little of the thunder has been stolen. But my concept for this final parade is to do with the land that I think many of us are hoping will get the next round of attention. And that's Tomorrowland. You know, we all think that and we're all hopeful that the budgets uh, forthcoming will help apply some plussing and some fixing of Tomorrowland and maybe additions of some new great things. Uh, So I kind of had an idea about doing a Tomorrowland parade and it would celebrate the properties in Tomorrowland, but also the greater canon of science fiction properties under the Disney umbrella. So I thought about obviously having like cool attraction floats like Space Mountain and Buzz Lightyear's Astro Blasters. I think they could make really fun floats. Um, But then also some of the movie properties that would belong to this theme. Um, It'd be really amazing to see Meet the Robinsons in a parade. There could be some fun zany activities happening in a float there. Um, we could get really epic with a Wally addition to this. Wow. Uh, very good. Nice. <laughs> I knew that would excite Hazen. Um, and then a couple of my favorites, which we talked about during our science fiction episode. I'd love to see Treasure Planet and Atlantis both make appearances yes. in a parade uh, such as this. And then the the grand finale would basically piggyback on Melissa's idea and <laughs> we would finish on the grid and welcome a huge Tron finale to the parade. Um, I, I think this would definitely be a nighttime parade. Um, basically, all of these would really benefit from cool lighting and projection effects uh, such as that. And I don't know. I think it'd be cool to celebrate Tomorrowland if they decide to go through and kind of revamp it and bring it, you know, up to date, so to speak. Uh, my idea has always been stop being obsessed with the future and just celebrate your science fiction ideas that you have in film already. Um, so I, I would love to see them do that and then celebrate it with a parade. It's like, hey, it's the year of Tomorrowland. I think that would be really, really cool. Yeah. Well said, too, about the stop obsessing about it being about tomorrow because it was instantly out of date. Yep. You know, yeah. and it always will be. Yeah. And I think you're right. I think that as long as we celebrate the futuristic type properties that they have um, or some that fit within that spectrum, I think they would do really well. Uh, you know, now that now that we have uh, Batu, you know, there, there's a lot of questions about what's going to happen to Star Tours and, you know, what's going to happen to Launch Bay and stuff like that. But 
a lot of those properties that you're talking about would fit really well in that area. And, you know, let's say that we got a Tron light cycle coaster, you know, it would fit even more. And it, it doesn't have to be about the future. It could very well, like you said, just be about those properties you have, the futuristic techie type ones. And we're good. We're yeah. good. Mm-hmm. It would just be an amazing place to visit. Mm-hmm. It would be visually stunning as well. Because, man, like we were just talking about Atlantis. I mean, just the crystals yeah. and everything. And I kind of want to see Zerg. <laughs> right? Like uh-huh. at night. I really do. Yeah, that could be cool. I I just I feel like you could do some really beautiful epic floats with these mm-hmm. properties. You know, you could have the ship from Treasure Planet. Yeah. You could have the submarine from Atlantis. Um, you could have, you know, the time machine and other elements from Meet the Robinsons. And, man, it, it could just be such a cool, uh, varied parade with really big, showy pieces uh, that I think yeah. would be impressive and fun and would celebrate some things that don't get enough love, in my opinion. Dude, I could just imagine outside of the parade, bowler hat guy just, like, <laughs> tiptoeing around tomorrow <laughs> and, like, hiding behind things. That's genius. That would be awesome. Oh, that would be so sweet to see. <laughs> that would be great. They could oh. have little little drone Dorises, like, yes. flying above the parade. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Because there's already actual drones that you just have to dress up to look like that. Yes, exactly. Oh, my Oh, you're welcome, Disney. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. You know what? I think we did really well. Yeah, we kind of pulled it together, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I was truly concerned with the list of things that I had because, like I said, I only had a couple that I felt were flushed out enough to really present. Mm -hmm. But overall, I think we came up with some really fantastic ideas today. Yeah, I agree. Did you guys guys have any other, like, throwaway or honorable mention ideas? Uh, I did. I had one more, uh, and that was something that I called Remember Me? Question mark. And it was just all the lost Disney franchises. No, no. It was the (laughs) lost, like, franchises that you don't commonly see, like the Black Cauldron and stuff like that. That It's just a parade based on all of those. Um, But a Coco parade would be awesome, though. Yeah, right? (laughs) Why did we think of this? (laughs) Uh, Well, for me, I wasn't thinking really hardly anything Pixar. Like I don't know. Yeah. For me, I was thinking Disneyland, and to me, I was I was thinking purely Disney animation. On that note, I I kind of feel like they've they've lost the idea of the animated feature release and subsequent parade. You know, so many of us most fondly remember the Lion King parade and a bunch of other. Uh, film-based parades yeah Yeah, from specifically from the 90s from that renaissance era and i feel like there's have been a couple of movies that have been huge hits that could have used a parade in the months that followed you know and my two top nominees for that would be i would have loved there for there to have been a tangled parade 
I think Ooh, that yeah. could be awesome with all the hooligans running around and <laughs> the Stabbington brothers. And I mean, you got lots of cool characters, lots of great music. You know, it could end with a cool um, tower float, which would be pretty epic. Um, and then the other one I thought, I just think it'd be cool because you could do so many different things with it is a Zootopia parade. I think that oh, could wow. have been really epic and really fun, you know, with your different sections of town, all the different anthropomorphic characters that come and go in that film. And, you know, you could have that, I guess that lame Shakira song playing throughout and <laughs> maybe they could come up with something better. But uh, I don't know. I, I kind of missed the idea of the big animated hit and then it having its own parade, even if it's just for like a short time. I I get that it's expensive to create these things. And so, you know, it's hard to maintain that. But I feel like there's there have been a couple. And of course, if they were still in that mode, they definitely would have done a frozen parade at some point. Yeah. Um, and I mean, look, we can't rule it out with part two coming out soon sure sure so anyway yeah. <laughs> those are some other thoughts that i had about parades but that's awesome and look i i know that like you said they're expensive they may not take our ideas but if you guys are looking for another nighttime parade just bring dream lights over you did it with paint the night have you guys yeah. seen dream lights uh-uh. it's I exquisite Really? It's basically the updated version of the Main Street Electrical Parade. And so the only thing that I feel really feels out of place in that parade is the train that's similar to the one from the Main Street Electrical Parade because mm. it still has the yellow lights on it. and mm -hmm. But everything else is these bright, beautiful LEDs in full color. The pirate ship that they have on there, Cinderella's float, it's absolutely gorgeous. Hmm. And if you have not had an opportunity to see this parade, I'm going to put it in the blog post for the episode, podcateers.com slash 261. Go check it out. You're going to fall in love with it. And I mean, if we're looking for another nighttime parade where Paint the Night is maybe California Adventure and then Dream Lights is Disneyland, I'm for this. Wow. Yeah. We'll call it Summer Illuminations and we'll have two nighttime parades. Boom. Marketing campaign done. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Got it. I like it. Box it up. Ship it to the U.S. now. Done. <laughs> All right, so that's going to wrap it up for this episode. We hope that you've enjoyed uh, our ideas for some of these parades. If there's any that you would like to throw in there that you've maybe thought of in the past or maybe any that you'd like to elaborate on that we came up with, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Just join the conversation over on Facebook, Instagram, or on Twitter. Just search for Podcateers. You can also leave a comment in the blog post for this episode. Again, podcateers.com slash 261. And before we end the episode, I want to remind you guys that if you cannot join the FGP squad, we have a really great way for you to help us out, and that is by using our Amazon link the next time you make a purchase on Amazon. Start that journey by going to podcateers.com slash Amazon. 
click the big old Amazon button that you see on that page. It'll take you to Amazon using our special referral link. And anything that you buy will earn us a small commission as a thank you from Amazon because you went through the clickety, clickety, clackety, clackety after we said the yakety, yakety about Amazon on our page. So to everybody that's taken an opportunity to use that link before their purchases, we just want to say thank you for that support. And on that note, that's it. It's time to end the episode. So until next time, keep dreaming, keep moving forward, and always remember to pass on the magic. Have a great week, everyone. Bye. Major look.